Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. to the book of Zechariah today, the third chapter. I've been here long enough now that I have got verses that I preach more than once. This is such a verse I've talked to you about before, but I really want to go back to again in just a little different way from the book of Zechariah chapter 3 and verse number 1. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. He's the resister, the accuser of the brethren. He's the resister, amen, to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away thy filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. And I said, let them set a fair mitre upon his head. So they set a fair mitre upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. I want to talk to you today about firebrands out of the fire. Firebrands out of the fire. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, today for our fathers. We thank you for men today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for how you end today. Thank you, Lord, have, have so blessed us. God, with godly leaders and godly fathers. Lord, may we encourage each and every one today. Bless us, Father, we pray in this moment. We love you, God, and we give you praise. Let everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Let me talk to us today about men. I want to talk to us about fathers, in particular, but men as well. I don't know if there's anybody besides me that can go back to the Mission Impossible days when it first came on TV and how much you enjoyed it as, as a young, uh, you know, young man. I enjoyed Mission Impossible. How many Mission Impossible guys do we have in the, in the, in the building? Praise God. Mission Impossible. Theme song is very identifiable as they light the fuse and it goes by, you know, and uh, don't ask me to try to sing it. I won't get it right. 
One of, one of the common things that is said and shown in this is when the, the question is posed to the agent, Ethan Hunt. Your mission, Mr. Hunt, should you choose to accept it, is. And, uh, and as always, should you or any of your IMF force be caught or killed, the secretary will disavow any knowledge of your actions. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. And then all of a sudden, the agents embark on their mission. This mission, being a man today, is a mission impossible. It's a mission impossible. Amen. I, 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 I guess I kind of take pride in the fact that I like to look at something and say, they say it can't been done, be done and we're going to do it anyway. Years ago when we pastored in Louisville, the church in Louisville had a problem. It was built on two springs. And so a lot of times the water, when it would rain or there would be a lot of water, there would be water standing in the basement. And, and, and they told me, said, you, it's never been able to be stopped. You can't stop it. <laughs> that was just like, let me see what we can do here. And with the help of a lot of men and with some expert uh, 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 basement guy and concrete men, we got it fixed and we got it stopped. Thank the Lord today. Do you men look at a clogged toilet as being a, a something that you're going to conquer or uh, 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 that you gotta, you got to work on that engine and you think, man, I'm going to get my hands greasy? It's a mission. It's a mission that I'm going to be a part of. Or, or, or you're gonna, we're going to ref, refurbish a computer. Some are more inclined towards electronics, other towards building. Amen. Whatever the case may be, there's something within a man that says, I'm Mr. Fix it. I'm going to fix it. I got to get this done. I've got to take care of this. Amen. Yet when it comes to our relationships, sometimes we look at it as mission impossible. When it comes to identifying ourselves as a man or as a father, it seems impossible. Amen. But I want to tell you with God, with God, a man can be a good father. With God, a man can be a good husband. With God, he can lead his home in the right direction. I believe that God created men to be men of excellence, to be men of greatness. The present society describes manhood as a bunch of goons and losers and idiots. But I want to tell you today that God made men to be adventurous, to be conquerors, to be warriors, to be leaders, whatever that looks like, God made men to be men. Men of honor, men of character. God created you for greatness. The world today has coined the phrase that, that men are full of toxic masculinity. Do you realize that Pharaoh and Herod attempted to redirect a nation and change history by killing the male infants? It was by killing the male infants that they tried to ruin the history. Today, the enemy is out after men. 
The enemy is after the male understanding and what a, a father is. The enemy is trying to get rid of men psychologically, emotionally, and functionally. The attack on manhood is strategic and it is set into motion by hell to destroy God's design for family, for community, for gender. Amen. Manhood is now considered to be mad. It's to be that they're mad or they're out of order. The spirit of Antichrist today has set the battle against the paternal leadership of the home and the model of the home. The, the phrase toxic masculinity means all masculine men are bad. And they point to those that are abusive and, and, and abuse their wives or abuse uh, 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 people. Amen. But what they don't realize is that that negative part uh, of anger and hostility is a trait that is inside of a man that calls a firefighter to go into a fire and save people. Or a policeman to enter into danger or a warrior to go to battle. Amen. Because God puts something inside of a man that wants to be a conqueror. Get it done. Mission impossible, I'll get that done. This weedy won't work, well, I'll find some way to make it work. The car won't run, I'll find some way to make it run. God has made men to be that mindset. But the thing is, consider this with me. If there is toxic masculinity, then there must be also toxic femininity. Must be toxic teenagers, toxic kids. Toxic toddlers. The fact is, there is toxic behavior in every demographic, in every gender. Humanity has a huge problem with toxicity, and it's called sin. But instead of dressing the toxin of sin, amen, they want to tell us that it is traditional masculinity that is the problem today. I tell you today, God wants men to be a, an example of what it means to be tough and tender. What it means to be tough and tender. Can I hear an amen? amen? The scars are seen in every race and every nation. Prisons are filled with angry men who don't know who they are. They resort to, uh, to promiscuity. These are toxic behaviors, perversion, domestic violence, emptiness, depression. All are evidence of men that don't know who they are. Irresponsibility, laziness, addictions of all kind, overindulgence, dysfunctional families, divorce, aimless living. Amen. All are symptoms of what is happening in a culture where sin is prevalent, where sin is running wild. Being a real man today is, is, is in this world a task not for the sissy, not for the faint of heart, but being a man in the 21st century is looking and saying, what does God want of me? Charles Swindoe put it this way, quote, we need fewer spineless wimps who've never disentangled themselves from mama's apron strings and more clear-thinking, hard-working, straight-talking men who, while tender, thoughtful, and loving, don't feel the need to ask permission for taking charge, unquote. In his book, Kingdom Man, Dr. Tony Evans writes like this, 
Quote, it is loud. It is in the heartbeat of every child born or raised without a father. Every woman's dream drowned by an irresponsible or neglectful man. Every hope snuffed out by confusing circumstances. And every lonely soul of a single woman searching for someone worthy to marry. And every sanctuary and community devoid of significant male contributions. Unquote. That is the cry of the day. The cry is for men to stand up and say, I don't let Hollywood define me. I don't let the media define me. I am defined by God's definition of who a man is. Men, the struggle is real. The attack on your masculinity is real. It is no longer a covert action. It is a rather blatant action from the pit of hell. The role of being a male is being blurred by absentee fathers and abusive husbands. The world is telling us that is all there is. Amen. Don't be strong, but rather be a sissy. We really need some men to take upon them the idea is that I'll take the mission on of being a man. It's mission impossible, but I'm going to do it in this world. I want to be a man. I want to be a godly man. I want to be a kingdom man. I want to be a man of honor. Treat women right. Treat my children right. Praise be to God for godly men. God doesn't look at your limitations today. He sees your potential. Many of you think perhaps I can't do this mission impossible, Pastor. Well, do you realize that Noah had a problem with drinking? Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Joseph was abused. Moses had a problem with talking. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair and was a womanizer. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David had an affair and was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Jonah ran from God. Job went bankrupt. John the Baptist was just weird. Amen. Peter denied Christ more than once. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer and Lazarus died. You think that you're not qualified to be a man? You're not qualified to be a kingdom man? You're not qualified to do something great in the kingdom of God? Unless you are perfect, I want to tell you that's a lie from the pit of hell. God looks for men that are limited but willing. God looks for men that are flawed but willing to turn around and say, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In our story, the the nation was in, in, in ruin, in sin. After being in captivity for many years, the people of Israel returned to the promised land with the mandate from God, rebuild the temple, renew their worship. Renew the relationship they had with Jehovah. Picture here is the plight of a nation that had lost out with God. Joshua, the high priest, not only represented a polluted priesthood, but he also represented people void of God's blessings and righteousness. They didn't look like kingdom men. Amen. God commanded them to build the temple, but they failed miserably. They got started 
And then they quit. They laid the foundation and they quit. Amen. They rebelled. They ceased to worship God. They did their own thing. And yet the Lord said that the resistor was there. Satan standing at the right hand of Joshua resisting him. Satan is resisting you at every turn. He resists you to be a dad. He resists you to be a father. He resists you your character. He resists you in your integrity. Amen. He resists you in your purity. Paul said it like this, that all men need to understand. When I would do good, evil is present with me. I want to tell you, men, just because you struggle with something doesn't make you a failure. What makes you a failure is if you don't take the mission on head on. If you don't look at it head on and say, Satan, you're nothing but a resistor. You're nothing but an accuser. Amen. You might be around me all the time and you're saying to me, guilty, guilty. Point your bony finger from hell and say, guilty. That's what he was doing to Joshua the priest. He said, look at your garments. They're filthy. They're nasty. You're guilty. Amen. The accuser of the brethren comes along like he did to Joshua and says to him you can't minister you can't be a father you're not a real man you rarely do things right you quit when you shouldn't have quit you've given in when you should have gone on you can't serve God look at your past you can't serve God. Look at who you were. You can't be the head of a house. You're not spiritual enough. You can't be victorious. You're always a loser. Amen. You won't amount to anything because you never finish what you start. Amen. You know you got a gambling problem. You know you got a porn problem. You know who you are. I saw where you, where you were last week. I saw what you watched last night. The accuser comes. The resistor comes to tell us you're not enough you're not good enough you'll never make it you're incapable untalented full of pride full of lust full of anger full of bitterness and resentment you stink as a father that's what he tell you you stink as a father and you may very well be a, a bad father or you can be the best father there is. But the resistor comes to tell you how bad you are, how awful you are, amen, and make you feel as if your toxic masculinity is eating you up, amen. You say you're a believer, but look what you did, amen. Look how you failed. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never get it right. You'll never be a dad. You'll never be a good husband. Look at the failure of your past. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what the Lord is standing by Joshua to say to Satan, the resistor. The Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. Shut your mouth, devil. I want to tell you that Jerusalem rebuke you. Amen. Because he said they are. Jerusalem is a firebrand that had been plucked out of the fire that was about to be burned up, about to be destroyed, about to be all eaten up but the Lord said wait a second I still see value I still see worth and I'll take you out of the fire I'll take you out of your mess I'll take you out of your mission impossible and I'll make you something I'll give you direction I'll give you hope I've come to tell some dad today the Lord is standing by you and saying Satan I rebuke you over this my son I rebuke you over this my, my, my 
son. Hallelujah. Satan, get away from my fathers and my men. Firebrands. Worthless. Not good enough. Can't make it. When God reached down into your world and picked you up and picked me up, the accuser was right. We're guilty. We're guilty of failures. We're guilty of mistakes. We're guilty of insecurity. We're guilty of fear. We're guilty of failure. We wrestle with our limitations. We wrestle with temptation. We go through all this in our life. And we could be as Joshua was, clothed with filthy garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by him. He's clothed with filthy garments. But he said in verse 5, set there a set a fair mitra upon his head. So they set a fair mitra, and it says, and clothed him with garments. Take those filthy garments off that priest and put on a priest hat on him. Put the priest garments on him. Yes, I know that he quit when he should not have quit. Yes, I know he gave up when he should not have given up. But I'm rebuking you, devil, because it matters who he is. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, amen, and find grace to help in the time of need. Hallelujah. You may feel that you're limited. You may feel like you can't do it. You may feel like, I, I just don't know if I can be a good father. I don't know that I could be a good grandpa. I've made way too many mistakes. I've messed up way too much. Well, I'm going to tell you, the Lord is standing by to give you a change of clothes. If you'll let him, the Lord is willing to say, listen, I know you have not been the head of your house. I know you've not been a spiritual force in your home. And I know that you've surrendered that right. But I'm telling you, there is some clothes getting ready to come on to you. Amen. It's called God's grace. It's called God's favor. It is called God's blessings. Grace empowers you to do God's will, to be God's fathers, to be God's men. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 6, he says, For though I would desire to glory... I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me beyond which he seeth me to be, and that he heareth of me. He said, listen, I'm real. I got problems. I've got issues. This most spiritual among us have issues and problems and battles that we all face. Just because you got a battle doesn't mean that you're singled out and you're the only one to have that issue. Every man in this building, every father in this building today has an issue somewhere, somehow that he's dealing with. Amen. And Paul said, listen, I want you to know I'm not all that you think I may be. And he said in verse 7, and lest I should be exalted above measure uh, through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart me. And he said unto me, my grace, my grace 
is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will, will I rather glory in my firmities that the power of Christ may rest upon. What is Paul saying? I've got some limitation. I've got some issues. I've got some problems. But God is with me. And even though I've got issues, I'm going to be an overcomer. I'm going to make it through. I'm going to make it through because God is with me. Some of us think we can never be a spiritual father because of our problems with temptation or our problems and our struggles with our mouth. I can't be a father because I don't know what to say to my kids. I can't speak the right thing because I don't know what to say to my kids. You know what? It's time for a garment change. He said his grace was sufficient. His grace was sufficient. Hallelujah. I know, I know this. I can't do it on my own. I'm not perfect. I'm sorry to bust your bubble. I'm not a perfect dad. I'm not a perfect poppy. I'm not a perfect man. Amen. There are limitations. But I know this, Brother Austin, his grace is sufficient for me. I battle. You battle. We all battle. But men, there is a way to put on the garment of grace so the devil's mouth is shut. Amen. Where you once had an issue with dirty, filthy things in your life and in your mind, it doesn't mean that you'd never have an issue with that when you've feel God's grace but rather it's God's grace that says it's sufficient the messenger of Satan will come and buffet you and buffet you and buffet you but it's time to throw the word up to him and say listen that's who I was and yeah I might struggle with it but his grace is sufficient for me I am a firebrand pulled out of the fire I was about to be burnt up to a crisp I was about to be toast but God pulled me out God saw something of value in me and pulled me out. I know this message is to men today, but ladies, this applies to you as well. Your limitations, your issues, your struggles. You might feel like you're a firebrand being burned up all around you, but God says, I'm going to pull you out of that. I've got something for you. Somebody say amen. Would you give God praise right now in this house? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When he says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, he is saying, my grace is strong enough for you. My grace is strong enough for you. What are you facing? My grace is strong enough for you. Are you battling with something, men? God said his grace. Quit talking about how weak you are and say, mission impossible? Light the wick. I'm going after it. Amen. Because I have the grace of God to go with me. He'll continue to travel with me. He'll continue to be with me. His grace is sufficient for every trial I face. He said that he'd bring me out. He said that with temptation, he'd make a way of escape. If God is ever before you, amen, how is it that we can think that we're failures? But if God is with me, if God is on my side, but pastor, I've got a problem. Pastor, I've got a habit. Pastor, 
pastor, I've got a need. Well, why don't you just simply buckle up your combat boots and say, I'm a man of God. I am a woman of God. I'm going to live for God because he said his grace was sufficient for me. Amen. Or you can let your deficiency and you can let your issues define you. Or you can say, I'm a child of God. I wear his name. That's not who I am. I'm going to live by his power. That's what it means to be a firebrand pulled out of the fire. God's grace is sufficient. It's free and unmerited. I don't earn it, but I have to receive it. It's free, but i got to receive it. It's a gift, but I have to receive it. Amen. Ephesians 2 tells us in verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith. And a lot of people just give that to mean just simply uh, uh, initial salvation. But Paul's writing to people that are saved. And he says, you need deliverance. Amen. He said, my grace, my grace is sufficient to save you. Amen. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves is a gift of God. In Isaiah chapter 61 and verse uh, 10 Isaiah 61 and 10 I will greatly rejoice in the Lord my soul shall be joyful in my God for he hath clothed me with garments of salvation he had covered me with a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments as a bride adorned herself with jewels hallelujah world you say I have toxic masculinity no I have the grace of God in me amen the world says you can't fatherhood don't matter amen fatherhood doesn't matter but I want to tell you it does I've got the grace of God in me today you can be a real dad a real dad in a world where dads are absent just got to put grace on and shut the accuser's mouth up everyone in the world is given sufficient grace if they'll receive it if they will receive it with repentance. Titus 2 and 11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. It's for every man, every woman. The grace of God is there, teaching us that denying ungodliness, worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. What is he saying? I'll make you a firebrand. I'll pull you out when you are about to be burnt up. I'm going to pull you out because I see, I see value still in you. When you were down in, 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 in a world of sin, when you were partying and, and when you were drinking and carousing, God said, I see you as a firebrand. I'll pull you out. When you're lying and cheating, and carousing and watching pornography. God said, I'll pull you out. I'll make you something. Amen. Because I see value in you. But pastor, I haven't, I, I'm struggling. Amen. Yes, indeed. But God loves to help struggling people, struggling men and women with their mind. His grace is sufficient. Peter believers in his epistle, his second epistle he said grow in grace doesn't mean I just get grace one day and then I let go just cause God touched me one day doesn't mean I don't need touched another day his grace and his mercies are new every day every day the same writer the Apostle Peter said, 
He prayed that grace would multiply unto them. God's grace is sufficient for every trial. We mentioned that a while ago. As we respond to God's grace and we feel like we've given it up, or consumed it up, we've, we've used it up, amen, then he adds more grace, more grace. James wrote, wrote it like this in 4 and 6, but he giveth more grace. Somebody say more grace. I got problems. I got more problems. Well, he's got more grace. I got more issues. Well, he's got more grace. I got more issues with anger. Well, he's got more grace. I've got more issues with this and that. Well, he's got more grace. Amen. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Let me tell you, it is a prideful thing to say, God's not strong enough to help me overcome this. I would like to overcome it, but I don't know if I, if I can. His grace is sufficient. Amen. I don't I don't know if I can get past this. His grace is sufficient. I don't know if I can get victory over this. His grace is sufficient. It will turn to him and quit trying to work it out ourselves. Somebody say amen. I had a story. I had a story that a preacher told me at the conference I never heard before. He said my dad was preaching at his church. And he said he got to talking to him, and he started pointing out people in that church. And he said, this, problem has, this person has a problem with smoking. That person has a problem with smoking. This person has a problem with smoking. And I'm going to pray God help them. And, and, I, and I looked at him. I said, he, he made this statement. The preacher made a statement. He, he must have had a problem with smoking. I said, you don't know the half. My dad, in the war, smoked four packs of cigarettes a day, and chewed a plug of tobacco at night. When he came back from the war, he continued with three packs of cigarettes a day habit. One day, he was studying his Bible, and ashes from his cigarettes were dropping on his Bible. And he said, it's before he was baptized, before he got the Holy Ghost, he just simply said, God, if you'll help me, I'll never smoke again. And in an instant, the Lord delivered him from nicotine. In a miraculous way, the Lord delivered him from nicotine. But because he had that problem, he recognized it in others, spiritual issues with habits. And I looked at that brother who had just told me about my dad not drinking coffee. You know, my dad, when he was offered coffee, this pastor said, he offered him coffee. He said, because, you know, you drink coffee. That's what you do. And my dad said, well, I don't drink. I don't smoke. But what you got to understand about my dad's story, God delivered him like that of a three-pack of cigarette a day. But as a boy in South Louisiana, they, they, they start their kids feeding coffee to them in a teaspoon. And they get them. My dad was so addicted to coffee that if he didn't have his coffee, he would have headaches. And he was, he was just so addicted to it. Amen. And he said he got down to pray and a big coffee pot. He was seeking the Holy Ghost and a big coffee pot came before him. He said, Lord, what's that? 
And the Lord said, you need to get rid of that. God delivered him of nicotine, but he had to be the discipline to deliver himself from coffee and the self-will. But still God's grace is there. If you have to give up something, God will either deliver you, amen, instantaneously, or he will give you the grace and the discipline to say, you are not going to rule my life. You're not going to come on my life. I've got victory over you in the name of Jesus. Why? It's a firebrand plucked out of the fire that God thinks you're valuable enough to say, I love you enough. I love you enough to pull you out. God is so good. We won a man in North Carolina when we were passing there, won a man to the Lord. And, uh, Bless his heart, he was as green as grass. He knew nothing about church. He didn't go to any other church. He just came. And when we prayed for him, when he got the Holy Ghost, it was most unusual. I walked up to him, laid hands on him, and he fell right on his backside. And when his backside hit the floor, he was speaking in tongues. Now, you ought to hear him tell that story. Because it's not nearly as cleaned up, church cleaned up as, as, as that was. He had an alcohol problem. He had a problem with booze. And he said he went. This was before God filled him with the Holy Ghost, but he was baptized and trying. And, 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 and he said he went to a party on his job, the Christmas party. And they were serving alcohol. He said he was a drinker left and right. And he said he took a, a can of beer and put it to his mouth, and it made him physically sick. He had to run to the bathroom and vomit it up. Because this man had drunk beer left and right, but when God got a hold of him, you know, be careful. You say, God, deliver this for me. It might be that he makes you sick to your stomach with it, but whatever the way it may be, God can set you free because he sees you as a firebrand to say you're worth it. I'm going to pull you out. I'm going to pull you out of that habit. I'm going to pull you out of that sickness. I'm going to pull you out of that temptation. Amen. Because you're worth it. You're worth it. The devil's the one that says, nah, you're not worth it. Look how awful you are. Look how awful you are. But it's God's grace that comes along and changes it all when we take on the grace of his mercies and his love. Hallelujah. His grace. Can you thank the Lord for his grace? Can you thank the Lord for his grace today? Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also you have access by faith into this grace wherein you stand. Amen. Into the grace where you stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Hallelujah. What are you saying? I said, I, I could be a man that has problems and yet say I stand in God's grace. I may have an issue, but I'm going to work through it. It's a mission impossible. But I'm a firebrand pulled out of the fire because God's grace. He loved me so much. If you go back to our story, it says, in the end, Joshua was clothed with fresh priestly garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. Once we have been cleansed 
and our filthy garments of guilt and shame and sin change. The evil one will come and stand, but now you will find that after you're clothed, the angel of the Lord will stand. What used to be the accuser's place to come against you is now the angel of the Lord to say, here's what you can do. Here's who you can be. Here's how you can overcome. Stand with me, please. To everyone today, my message primarily has been to fathers and men, and, but it, it, everyone today, you may feel so unworthy because of your past. Well, let me tell you, the Lord said, I'm going to take the garment that you have that's stained, and I'll change it with grace. I'll change it with mercy. But Pastor, you don't know what I've done. I'm telling you, our God not only forgives your past, he washes your past away. So when you come back to him and say, well, you know what I did, Lord? He, he looks and says, no, I don't. I don't know what you did. I, I forgave that. I washed it away. Cleansed. This morning, if you're struggling in your mind, feeling limited, feeling as if you're, you, you just can't do it, I want to give you the call today. Like Ethan Hunt, here's the mission. It's impossible, but would you take it on? Because God said, as Paul declared, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can come through this. I'll get over it. I'll be victorious. This habit is nothing to God. Amen. This situation is nothing to God. He can help me through it if I would just simply change my garments from the dirty mess to grace. And God's goodness. Today, would you come? Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.